Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And welcome to The Shift, the podcast that aims to tell the no-holds-barred truth about being a woman post-40. Created and hosted by me, writer and broadcaster, Sam Baker. My guest today is a true trailblazer. If you've ever been a clubber, DJ Paulette will need zero introduction. If you haven't, well, all you really need to know is that she has been breaking barriers since day one. One of the Hacienda's first female DJs, she became a stalwart of the Manchester music scene in the 90s before being catapulted to stardom, playing crowds of literally tens of thousands all over the world. All this in a world that's a notorious boys club, where women famously have to do it backwards in high heels. And as a black queer woman, she's had to do triple backflips as well, just to get a fraction of the recognition. In November 22, she finally became the first female of colour to win DJ Magazine's Lifetime Achievement Award, amongst, of course, an all-male roll call. Now she's reliving those years in her first book, Welcome to the Club, The Life and Lessons of a Black Woman DJ. They will put a man over 40, 50 on a dance music magazine no question. Yeah, totally. David Guetta, straight on a magazine. Carl Cox, yeah, how old is he Jazz Pieces, and they're all over 60. They are all over yeah. 60. And you cannot get a single woman over 40 on the cover of a magazine. Paulette joined me from Manchester to talk about how perimenopause knocked her sideways at 39. 39. Then being told that no one would book her because she was too old at 41. The career kids conundrum, back fat, underarm vaginas and a kangaroo pouch, being older at 24 than 54 and why she will never, never, never stop sticking her neck out. It's 
So how are you? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the shift. It's an honour to have you on. I'm very excited. Um, I. It's interesting because yesterday, I mean, quite a lot of stuff started flying around about the book, which is nice. But one of the chapters that just kind of hit yesterday just hit at a time when, I mean, it, it couldn't have been better timed because we've just come off the back of the Golden Globes. And, you know, mm. I don't know whether you know, like massive shitstorm, first of all, between Madonna and Piers Morgan. And, oh, I mean, there's been a so long-running battle between Madonna and Piers Morgan anyway. He thinks she's like whatever but from anyone that has even the remotest political gene or political atom in their body will know that Piers Morgan is a misogynistic sexist tit Mm, totally who has absolutely zero respect for women I mean he just thinks she should stay home doesn't she like uh, women over 30 he said she's old but it's like excuse me how old are you Piers Exactly, exactly. The double standard. the same age, you know. And this is the double standard that just irks me enormously because, one, it filters down. So all his fans think it's right to speak about any woman over 40 in these terms, to view any woman in the workplace over 40 in these terms. She's too old. Mm. She should go home. She should, you know, take her whatever, you know. And then it doesn't reflect on them. So it can be a 60-year-old man talking about a 60-year-old woman. Ha, 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 very funny. But you're the same. Totally, the totally. does not exist. Equality does not exist. It's like, guys, and, you know, this is something that I've met even in talking about the PR for the book, that they will put a man over 40, 50 on a dance music magazine. No question. David Guetta, straight on a magazine. Carl Cox. How old is he now? They're all over 60. They are all over 60 and you cannot get a single woman over 40 on the cover of a magazine but if you're over 40 they think you should go home and do something else anyway if you're a woman they think you should just not do anything they think you should just go home and find some knitting or crochet and this is 2024 I know, it's an absolute shocker, it's isn't it? It's 1824, it's 2024. <laughs> Let's start there then. You went into perimenopause, didn't Early. you, in, at like 39 yeah, or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, I started in perimenopause when I was 39 and my hair started falling out and I was like, what, what is happening to me? <laughs> but you were huge in yeah, France at yeah, that point, massive. weren't you? You like uh, up there with David Greta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And playing in front of thousands of people every weekend, you know, not even just every month. It was like every weekend I was packing them in. And I was noticing that I was going to gigs and drinking champagne and it would bring on a flush. Mm. I would be under the lights and just absolutely saturated, looking like I'd stepped out of the shower. And I could get away with it kind of when I was under the lights because, you know, it's hot. But then yeah, everybody's when I sat hot, yeah. at dinner, round the dinner table with promoters and DJs and 
whoever having a very nice French meal and the red wine <laughs> comes and the champagne comes and then you look like you've stepped out of the rain. It's like, what is going on? You know, and it's something that I couldn't hide, but mm. nobody was kind of mentioning it. But I knew inside my body that something was different. Did you have a clue what was going on? Not really, not really. Uh, you know, there isn't a lot of learnings available to mm. people for how your journey is going to pan out when you're entering that beautiful road of menopause. I was also living in France. So the way I was translating any information, you know, I, I don't even think I really looked or started to research what menopause was in French terms. You know, it certainly wasn't covered mm. in any French magazines. No. When was this, what, 15 years so ago? This is, something like this that. is, what, 15, 16 years ago now. Yeah, so there was nothing, no, was there? No, and I, I mean, even I spoke to my sister, my sister Audrey, who I knew was in her phase of the menopause, and I got, you know, a little bit of information from her, but not much. You know, she was like, oh, it could last one year or it could be, you know, she'd been in hers, I think, at the time for maybe four or five years or something like that. There just wasn't the information. And, and admittedly, I have to say, you know, maybe I wasn't particularly exigent about, you know, going into the research about it, buying the books and whatever, yeah, but you know. who is, you know? Yeah, there, there just wasn't really, I didn't go into the research of it or finding out what was wrong with me mm. you know why should we even think it's wrong but also it's like I don't know about you but I just didn't I had loads of symptoms but I didn't know what they yeah, were it wasn't them. exactly it's like but you've got five sisters you kind of I have this idea because I've just got one yeah. brother and clearly he would be useless yeah. was useless that um, we all sit around the fireside and talk no. Nope. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this kind of little women fantasy yeah. of sisterhood. Yeah, unfortunately, that part of sisterhood is kept to oneself. It's it's mad. Yeah. You know, it, it, I have only really seen a shift in the way women have conversations with each other and themselves um, in the last, I would say, in the last five, maybe... I would, mm. yeah, I would say it's more in the last I reckon five, about five years yeah. when we've actually started to have that conversation with ourselves and been open about the conversations that we are having with ourselves, first of all. And then that enables us to have these conversations with each other. But it starts with the self, first of all. It starts with not feeling like there's something wrong. It starts with feeling like this is a natural process. This is part of the natural process of maturing, growing up, not even necessarily growing older because I started mine really early on. 
I started yeah, what was it, 39 or something? So I wasn't oh, even in the headspace of considering myself as getting older, particularly. I was still, you know, hot kitty from the city. Um, yeah. and, <laughs> and you still are, and, love. Yeah, you still are. And this is, this is what having an understanding of what's happening can also unlock or unleash is actually realizing you can still and you are still that person there is just something else biological Mm. happening at the same time that you have to one accept to integrate (laughs) yeah because it's going to happen whether you like it or not it is going to happen the changes are going to come your hair is going to change it might fall out it might completely fall out the quality of it changes it's not as soft as it was it just kind of goes its own way your body the same it goes its own way it doesn't matter (laughs) whether you go to the gym seven times a week your body is going to do what the hell it likes go on 100 abs a day, I will guarantee you that those abs are not going to change the shape your body wants to take when it hits the menopause. It just does that thing. All of a sudden, a roll comes, back fat comes, your broads kind of fits weird and leaves little marks where it didn't leave marks before. And that little roll underneath. Yeah, and you get an underarm vagina. It's like a... (laughs) All of a sudden you start getting these things that you've never had before. It's like, when did... (laughs) you know when did that happen to my body and it just happens overnight it happens when you're sleeping (laughs) no it feels like it does doesn't it literally feels like you go to bed one night and you wake up the next day a completely different person you're like hang on I swear these clothes fit yesterday exactly waistline doesn't fit um just your body shape you know, the way your trousers fit, all of a sudden you've got a little pouch like a kangaroo. It's like, I don't, I didn't want <laughs> I don't that. Want that. <laughs> I didn't yeah. want that. Why have I got this? And you try and shift it and it won't go. And that makes you feel bad. And then you've got those psychological symptoms, which are myriad. You know, I kind of lost my mind for the first two years. I was just everything I was so overstimulated like every time anybody breathed or chewed or talked behind me it was just like an irritation beyond you know everything was too loud and I'm working in music and it's god that's loud to start with so you were going through all of this at a point when you were headlining gigs for I don't know thousands tens of thousands how did you manage to navigate that? Uh, I think very badly. At the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> very badly. There was a lot of lashing out. There was a lot of what people would term diva behavior where I just, you know, if I didn't want something or if something happened, you know, that there, there is one instance in the book where I talk about all the equipment packing up. Mm. And in fact, my reaction was right, you know, how yeah, can I that's be not in a diva situation behavior. where all of this equipment, but my response was maybe a bit over the top. 
should I have stormed off the stage? I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, for context for the listeners, you know, you were on stage, there were three CD decks and they were all broken. Yeah. yeah. So there's no yeah. music. I mean, that is a, that's an untenable situation. And people were booing and it's like, this isn't even my fault. It's not a mistake that I've made. It's a mistake that they've made and more a mistake that they've made because the sound engineer's gone home. There's no backup material and we've got two hours to play and there's silence. And um, to be told by somebody, oh, well, why don't you sing, was just (laughs) the absolute wrong thing to say to me right then. And I, you know, for good or for bad, I just, you know, stormed off stage. I wasn't going to do it. And, and, and I'd asked them to make an announcement because I knew that my French wasn't good enough to placate and, you know, a restless crowd. I didn't have the vocabulary. I could speak French quite well, but I knew it was a situation that needed to be handled in a certain way. And I felt like I couldn't do that. And I asked them to make an announcement and they said no. So there were two things that had happened there. And I just felt like totally humiliated. So I stormed off stage. But looking back on it, I know, you know, even now I know that certain responses I have when I flip like that, it's like, oh, you're a bit menopausal. It's like this this Mm. is, you know, that there is a response when you can be a bit annoyed or frustrated and you'll have a flip response like that, which is fast and it's sharp and it's, you know, maybe a bit blunt with people and I can be blunt anyway I'm from Manchester (laughs) and I'm a Capricorn and I've got every excuse but I am just you know I I don't mince my words at the best of times so if I don't (laughs) mince my words and that's times a hundred it's like oh dear (laughs) she's lost it and I can go you know I can get someone on blast very quickly and I feel you know I know those moments when I'm really hypermenopausal when I've got someone on blast like that where I I know I can feel a word has just hit them and pinned them to the wall like with (laughs) um, and you know with the delivery of it when it's gone with a force that you actually haven't been able to really regulate or control it's just flown out it's like oh I am really sorry and you know I can I can come back and say I'm really sorry about that but whether it's hormonal or it's a mixture of hormones, psychology, the moment, the 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 the, the just general I can't deal with this right nowness that comes of being menopausal. It's it's not even so much that your fuse is shorter, it's just a completely different fuse. You just you've been rewired in such a way that you're not like you were the night before you went to bed when all the changes seemed to happen in your body because you were asleep and it could. (laughs) (laughs) This is when it happens. You go to sleep and then you wake up the next day and everything's changed and it keeps changing. It doesn't stop. It keeps changing. These changes keep happening and you can't control them. It's like, well... 
okay, everybody, just <laughs> yeah. crack on, call me when you've finished. <laughs> so how did you deal with it? I do sport and I swim. First of all, I am a swimmer, so I was just swimming, 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 swimming nonstop because that was how I could get some kind of respite from the heat that was coming from it. It's just like it was coming, it felt mm, like it point. was coming from all sides, you know, like I was not calm at any point of the day. My stress levels must have been peaking through the absolute roof at the time. I know it's calmed down a lot now because I don't feel like in the red zone every day yeah. of the week anymore. A bit more amber. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Occasional peaks of amber. I feel very green with occasional peaks of amber now, which is like, oh, okay. that sounds yeah, good. It's taken a lot of years, though, to get here. So I don't mean to scare anybody, but I I got one of the long straws. <laughs> yeah. Or rather, I do the very short straw in that the very I short the one journey. But I never did HRT because. I think at the start of when I went into Perry, we tried all of that with um, hormones and pills and whatever else it was to kind of um, slow down the onset of it. And I just didn't feel after taking whatever I'd taken, I can't even remember what it was now, but I just remember coming back from the doctors every time with lots of bags of medication. And this is, you know, part of the reason why I don't take medication anymore because they just throw loads of pills at you and it just didn't felt that any of it worked for me. You know, I did have the arguments with my doctors. Why are you giving me all these pills? Um, <laughs> ching. And in a language that you and speak, but yes, it's not your... exactly. Yeah. So I didn't do... HRT and I have really just tried to calm it down and regulate it and understand it for myself. I've done a lot of therapy and therapy has, you know, very much helped me when doctors couldn't really being able to talk it out, figure it out, do the, you know, do the exercise when I need to do the exercise, take the rest when I need to take the rest. But every single time, every step of the way, I kept getting told that I needed to change my job. And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, who by what the doctors yeah, and yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. And, you yeah. know, I have got a high pressure job, but I am also menopausal and they would not factor that in oh man so you were like this was all happening to you when you were like I mean 39 like you say you weren't even yeah, 40 yeah. it's really really yeah. young um when did you start to did it you feel like it impacted on your career straight away what happened in terms of that I think first of all it impacted on my relationship because I was going out with somebody much much younger than me and I, because I'd wanted, you know, when, when we met, it was like, oh, you know, we're going to get married, have kids and all of this. But then when I hit the menopause, it's like, well, we've just wasted all this time. And now I'm not even producing eggs anymore and I can't have kids. So that meant that relationship, 
I mean, I was just, I mean, that was such a menopausal moment, really, where I was just lying in bed one night and went, get out. Oh my God. <laughs> and just like the realization came that I'm not going to have kids anymore. My egg production had stopped. This person had just kind of hovered around the periphery saying, yeah, we're going to, yeah, we're going to. And then when I asked the question, you know, when are we going to have kids? And it was like, I don't know. When are you going to be ready? I don't think I'll ever be ready, was the response. And then I went to bed, woke up and went, get out, doors there, here's your clothes, bye. Then I realised that, you know, one of the things that we are told is part of the journey of being a fully fledged woman is to have kids. And I had leapfrogged. I mean, I didn't really, you know, if if I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't really want kids anyway. And I always put people in there that was, were going to disappoint me on that yeah, level. Yeah, I know what you um, mean. Yeah. So I think I'd kind of secretly in the back of my head planned not to have kids. But when that moment came and I realized that I couldn't have kids, even if I wanted to, that was a big kicker, realizing that your body can't make that thing every other woman you know you're not not necessarily every other woman but most of the women but it feels like it doesn't it every woman in my family could do it's just like oh god and you say in the book that you know you've you've been at like the top of your game career wise for 30 years but your longest relationship has seven. been seven <laughs> do you think that was and I mean and you haven't as you say you haven't had kids do you was there a sense you think that of something's going to have to give yeah do you think there was like in the back of your mind yeah 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 most definitely I mean I I think what I didn't factor in is it's one thing saying I've not had kids and you can be quite removed from it but it does feel weird when you know certainly other female DJs have managed to do that and you know they've had kids they've had their families but then what I've seen is they've had kids they've had their families and not all of them have come back there was the realization that yes something has to give because you either have your career or you have your family and very few people manage to make that leap and have both which is why I talk about Jams and Colleen and Marcia in the book because they're three mm. people who managed to have their families and work through it. But for me, I was I was never in a relationship that was stable enough or secure enough that that would have been possible. So there was that realisation that I had to give up that side of mm. it's a massive horse sized pill to swallow for anyone I still get pangs when people are talking about babies and pregnancies I you know I love being around all my pregnant friends I get more more excited than they do <laughs> <laughs> about what's coming and how it's going to be and what they're you know how they're going to decorate and what they're going to do and it's like quite weird because I do enjoy that side of the female 
experience of womanhood, but I just haven't been able to do that for myself. And, you know, those kind of conversations, it's hard not being able to, you know, not being part of that conversation. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So few people are honest, though, about that massive horse-sized pill, aren't they? And I think the reality is, like you said, it's 2024, and that still is. It's a really big deal. And you've got, like, the music industry, like many, many other industries, it's still like a boys' club. It's still... I mean, look what happened recently. Golden Globes, Taylor Swift, Joe Kay on Mm. one side, and then on the other side you've got the big I don't even want to mention the name I'll just give the initials PM versus Madonna it's like that woman will never be irrelevant because without Madonna there would be no Beyonce there would be no Taylor Swift there would be no Katy Perry none of those girls would have even half the career they've got if she if Madonna no that's so true broken all the barriers for touring, for presentation, Lady Gaga. She's like a, you know, none of those people would exist on the level that they do. The fashion side of it, it did not exist before Madonna played that game, before Madonna played those cards. Yeah. I mean, did you find that with your bookings as you kind of passed 40? Absolutely. I I remember being um, sitting, this isn't in the book even, I was sitting in a meeting with my booking agent and she'd taken on two really young French DJs who were going to be the next big thing in France. And we were sitting in a meeting, we'd had a dinner and we, we were back at her place chatting 
And it was like, oh, well, you know, um, I was discussing why my bookings had started to fall off, had started to reduce. It wasn't even in a heartbeat when one of the younger guys turned around and said, that's because you're old. What did I literally said that to your face? That to my face. That's because. And what were you like, forty one or two? I was forty one. Just kind of looked like it was like being struck by lightning. It's like, oh my god, I can actually be considered too old to do this job that I can do really well, that I get back better at doing every year, that. And it just started to change everything. It's like, and I started to realize the crowds that I wanted to, were these the crowds that I wanted to play to anymore? Was this the music that I wanted to play anymore? Was it, could I play my music, but to a different crowd, which is what I eventually did. It's like, well, okay. I can't play that music because that music is way too young. The crowds are way, 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 way too young. But it means the crowds I play to are possibly smaller, but older. Fine. I'm I'm all right with that. <laughs> you know? Annie Mack's been on and she's actually coming back again later in the series to talk about what the experience has been like of changing everything. But she's said, as you know, like exactly the same thing. It's like she got at the point in her career where she had to choose between am I going to go and be Johnny Big Balls? Like, like, you know, the industry is set up to for a male yeah, approach to success really or do I actually want to play the music I want to play to the people I want to play it to, regardless of whether the promoters think those people are cool enough? Exactly, exactly. And the thing is, and I think Annie has proved this with her before midnight, there was a film, The Natural, Robert Redfern, and he was building this, like, baseball square, and nobody believed in him, and he said, if you build it, they will come. You have to put something there. But if the reverse of that is, if you block it, then you'll never know. And it will look like they won't come, but they're not coming because it's not there for people to experience it. The big thing really with all of this is someone has to take a risk somewhere to do that thing that nobody's ever done before and see how it works. And then when it works, everybody else goes, oh, we'll have some of that. Let's do this. Always the way, isn't it? No one wants to be no the person taking the risk, though. No one wants to be the first person to do it because it's like, oh, God, you know, and if they fail, it's going to be terrible and they're going to lose all that money and they're, they're going to be, you know, humiliation, things don't work. Nobody wants to work with somebody who has had this thing that doesn't work. You know, oh, my God, you can't possibly fail. But that's the thing, men can yes. fail, can't oh, they? Oh, God, no problem. <laughs> They can fail and fail and fail again. They're, they're kind of hot yeah. to know that they can fail and fail and fail again and they can keep coming back. But for women, if we fail, if we make, if we put one foot wrong, you'll never work in this town again, babe. And not only that, nor will any yeah, of the others. Yes, yes. Because you can't just wrong. be a woman. You've got to represent your entire 
race gender, gender race yeah. Well, yeah. yeah tokenism discourse. <laughs> but you, you've been pioneering though right since the very beginning haven't you I mean like you were 24 in fact I can't even imagine you at 24 unhappily married <laughs> Yeah, and like yeah. it seems like you were older at twenty four than you yeah, are now. And I would say I, I definitely was because I had boxed myself into something so tightly that it took quite a number of years to come out of that box and actually realize who I was. Away from thinking that I was this married housewife in Stockport who was kind of dipping her toe in the seas of daring by doing a degree for God's sake (laughs) you know (laughs) it's like and then suddenly um when I started to move away from that and discover oh I can do radio oh I can do play records to people oh I can perform and then it was like I can actually do anything I want (laughs) yeah how did you get the courage to do that though because it wasn't like you had this you didn't have this big support system like your husband was down on it (laughs) and it wasn't there were no not like there was a role model no no I don't know I I just I don't know really I think I just did what I wanted to do and I've you know for good or for bad I want to ask you a little bit about your mum Blanche because she sounds like an she sounds like a cracker. She is. She is. And, and you know, everything about who I am, I keep saying for good and for bad because the lessons, you know, mm. they're not always good um, because it has a lot to do with my mum. And my mum was a working mother, for the most part, a working single mother, because, you know, my mum and my dad split up. And you're one of seven, aren't you? Yeah, and my mum and my dad split up when I was three years old. And my mum and my stepdad split up when I was 13. So I, like, come through this environment where... You know, in the 70s, they called it a broken home. You know, yeah, yeah, the stigma of no judgment, judgment, but the (laughs) stigma of that has has followed me for years. The stigma of that on one side, and also the success of it, because I saw how my mum put a roof over our heads, put food on the table, keep us clothed and fed, and ate children through school (laughs) she did it what a woman she did it we didn't see a lot (laughs) because (laughs) at at the same time she also knew that she had to better herself she did degrees at the same time she's got degrees from Manchester University Birmingham and Oxford so in the time of her raising eight kids through the 50s into the 60s, 70s, 80s, well, 80s when I left home. In that time, she managed to get three degrees, do various courses and and was singing at the same time. So my mum was spinning so many plates and we hardly, you know, we saw her, but we hardly saw her. And for good reason. Every day I see a woman get up, go to work, come back from work, sit with a load of books, give a few hours, then get all dolled up in a finery and go out and sing. Three jobs every day of the week. That's how my mum worked. And yes, we didn't see her, but for good reason. I went to school. 
I ate. <laughs> we had a nice house. <laughs> we weren't living on the streets or under a bridge or in a cardboard box, which is possible. You know, she had eight kids. She put eight kids through school and pretty much on her own. Do you know what? I was just thinking that. I was just thinking that, you know, just now I had asked you how you did it without, like, I was thinking if you like your husband and the fact there were no black women DJs or in fact, many women DJs. And I was, I was saying, you know, how do you do it without, you know, a role model without support? But you, you did have yeah, that. Yeah, it was yeah. just my in mom, a different... It's just in a different discipline. But, you know, my mum used to help me make the costumes and everything, you know, or I'd borrow one of hers and, and, and customise it. And I do... You know, there there is a story in the book about my mum coming out with me because my mum used to be a fantastic roadie. My mum can lift weights. <laughs> she could do deadlift weights, like, because that's the sort of woman she was. You know, my mum could deadlift two record boxes weighing 23 kilos each <laughs> and make oh it look God. like a feather. You took quite a big risk, didn't you, when you decided to call out the music industry for its sexism, racism, ageism. I don't want any one of my nieces or nephews to meet the same old, same old boundaries and challenges that I've met. If I can put a spoke in the wheel now so that anyone coming up behind me or even, you know, my peers beside me don't experience those issues, then I will do that. Because, you know, when people say, oh, well, you know, you've had a career of 30 years, why are you not bigger? I need to say why. (laughs) I need to say why it took so long so that they can see why it took so long so that that doesn't happen again. So that... But also by whose standards of success is that? Exactly. And then people also need to be aware that as a black woman, certain things are more difficult for me mm. that take longer for me to do than my, you know, white female opposite. I'm sorry, but it's a true. So people need to be aware when they can quite happily, you know, sit back and chortle and say, oh, yeah, but it's taken a 30 years. They need to know why. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So when you won, you got a Lifetime Achievement Award from DJ Magazine, what was that, the end of 2022? You were the first black woman ever, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, to win it. (laughs) I mean, it was funny. It, It was so beautiful in lots of ways because most people were very, very complimentary about it. But there was a certain seam of, how did you get that then? You know, and it's the usual oh, whenever a woman wins anything, yeah. has any kind of success or does anything, it's like, did you pay someone? Did you sleep with someone? What did you say oh, in order off. to achieve this? Or and, and Yeah, or and worse, then, positive discrimination. Yeah, then, exactly. Oh. It was the positive discrimination thing. And then it was like, I shouldn't even have to feel I need to explain why or how I deserve this. Guys don't. <laughs> no, nobody will ever nobody have asked, will ever I don't know. anyone else that's won it before why they deserved it. 
or why anyone deserves it. And it, it was just like a massive, um, a massive eye opener for me that, you know, in this world, and it all comes, always comes back to the same thing. Women are still second class citizens. Women are still felt not to deserve the things that men can quite happily walk into and walk away with any day of the week and no one questions it. And that was just like, well, I'm going to I'm going to bask in the glory of this and I'm also going to shove it in everybody's face. And I know what my worth is and I know what I've done and I know where I've been. And I want to make a stand for that thing that you don't have to be this uber mega million earning, I don't know, megastar in order to make a difference. In fact, you probably wouldn't make a difference if you were that person because you haven't got any interest in making a difference because it's working all right for you, mate. Exactly, exactly. It's a, you know, just the maddest thing, maddest thing that women should feel that they, you know, they need to explain themselves all the time. We need to, we need to prove why. Why can't we just have it? <laughs> yeah, can't totally. We just accept the reward and walk off the rostrum without saying, oh, and by the way, they've given me this because X, Y, oh, you know, totally. for God's sake. Just like, just give me the damn award. <laughs> just give it to me. Oh, Paulette, I could talk to you all day, but you've probably like got a life you want to go and live. Um, so I better ask you the questions that I always yes. ask. At the end, what's your emotional age? Um, I say, and I know this for definite, I think my emotional age is stuck at 16. I'm never going to grow up. I think because that is the point, 16, where I realised that music was my life. Um, And it feels, this feels like the wrong question for you, um, because I normally I ask what a book recommendation or a book. Anything by Bernadine Evaristo, read it. Oh, brilliant. That's a brilliant recommendation. Have you got a place to start? Um, Girl, Woman, Other. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, it's the award winning book and then you can work your way back. But, you know, you might as well start there. What advice would you give younger women? Uh, Go for it try and find a team to support you don't do it on your own I think that is the big thing that maybe I missed saying in the book is that the reason that it's probably taken me so long is that I've done most of it on my own I've never had a manager I've never really had you know like a promotions team behind me I am that thing you know and and I'm a bit of a control freak try and re- release the control freakery and get people that you can work with and a team behind you that you can work with because the journey is so much easier when you've got company. That's a brilliant bit of advice. I wish you told me that <laughs> years about ago. 30 years ago. <laughs> I wish I told myself that 30 years ago because it would <laughs> yeah. have been so much easier. Who is your old bird role model? Grace Jones, um, to hula hoop all the way through a record when you're in your 70s, that's no small thing. <laughs> I can't even hula hoop and I'm 57, you know. 
I've got friends who can who do it professionally and I watch them and I'm just in awe. What's your superpower if it's not hula hooping? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have many, um, but I would like to think it is it's a double header, really instinct and vision. Well, they are fantastic superpowers. Last one. How many fucks do you None. give? <laughs> minus. <laughs> they're in minus. <laughs> it's really in minus because, I mean, it, and that's not saying that I don't care. I have a massive heart and I care about lots of things, but I am not scared of anybody anymore. And those are the zero amount of fucks I give. It's just like, if you don't like it, doors there. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening. If you loved this episode, you might also like my conversations with Annie McManus and Karen Arthur. You'll find a link to them in the show notes. You can hear a new episode of The Shift each Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, please do rate, review and follow because it really does help other people find us. If you'd like more of The Shift in your life, head over to theshiftwithsambaker.substack.com and sign up for weekly newsletters, podcast extras and more. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. 
you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.